Amalgamaniacs to your very next episode of the Amalga Cast, where we uh, cast stuff and review stuff, go over materials we like to watch, read, listen to, and share them with you in the hopes that you will watch, read, and listen to them too. Say that three times fast. I dare you. Um, this show, we are going to be reviewing The Witcher. Not only some of the video games, but we're also going to be reviewing the Netflix series, uh, mainly. Um, as you know, we have combined Amalga Review and Amalga Cast into one thing, so we will give you an overall review of the project, and we will give you our personal, our critical, and the overall review at the end. We will also add the good, the bad, and the ugly. We have a special guest tonight with us. None other than the Madam President Barber herself has come to grace us with her presence by invitation. I'm lying. She made me invite her on the show. She heard it was about The Witcher, and she was like, if you ever want to work on Amalgamania projects again, I will be on the show. I said, you're perfect. You're on. No, it's not hot. It's not hot. I know that she loves this game, and I know that she uh, played the video game uh, a lot, and um, I invited her on for her knowledge, and she, of course, graciously accepted, and there you have it. Madam President Tara Barber, please say hello to the Amalgam cast audience. Hello, Amalgamaniacs. And as always, swinging through your friendly neighborhood, I have the lovely Shelby Croto with me, the co-host. The right hook to my left hook. Punches and bunches. That's what we believe in here on Amalgam cast. That's how we do it. And, um... We're going to set it off with The Witcher. So, um, off camera, we, <laughs> off camera, all kind of shenanigans, but, um, we discussed a little bit about, um, just, uh, the indifference between watching this film or watching this series without having played the video games and not. And it was, um, Taryn who kind of alluded to the fact that there was a pretty big leap and bound, like you understood that someone who didn't play the video game prior to watching the series wouldn't really like it would be kind of confusing going forward not that it would be impossible but that it would just you can understand how it would be hard to adapt to and i definitely got that feeling watching this and i haven't played the game but i felt like something was missing so um, i can't wait to tap dance all over that little tidbit um overall i gotta say um well you know what before i get into overall Let's do our critical reviews. As critics, we are going to talk about the first three episodes. For those people who have not watched the entire series, we're not going to spoil too, too much. Just the first three episodes. So if you haven't seen them, please feel free to, you know, listen to another cast and or turn off your whatever device you're using to watch this. And um, go watch it and then come back so we can give you the cast. Um, critical review. I'm going to kick it over to Shelby for the facts. And she's going to give you the lowdown on everything considered in the project, um, who directed it, who's starring in it, what's it about, all of the good tidbits. So Shelby, go ahead and give us our facts, and then we're going to get into our critical review. Shelby? Time to whip out my handy-dandy iPhone. I apologize, <laughs> Android users. <laughs> so we are tech-savvy here in Amalgamate. So we usually like to go on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb just to see what the critics are saying, what the audience is saying, because usually their opinions are vastly different. So on IMDb, it's 
an 8.4 out of 10, which is a really good score. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it a 66%, but mm. the audience score is a 92%. And I'm like, that's that's pretty high, especially on Rotten Tomatoes. Usually they're a bit more stingy with their percentages. I'm starting to see that there's a correlation between them. I'm starting to see that the critics review versus the per- the um the fans review is always kind of different in that respect. Yeah, they're always vastly different. Um, <laughs> I mean, this genre it falls under fantasy, serial drama, adventure, action. Uh this was created by Lauren Schmidt Hisrich. I apologize in advance for all the names I am about to butcher. I'm pretty sure it is my trademark at this point. We get angry letters all the time. Just read them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Obviously, the series was based off of The Witcher games. Uh, It was composed by Sonia Uf, Belusova, and Gioni Ostinelli. I am sorry. Um, the country of origin, I guess they shot most of this in the U.S., and they shot some scenes in Poland as well. Wow. Um, there is eight episodes in the first season, and I know right now they're talking about the second season coming out next year in 2021. Okay. Uh, executive producers, Sean Daniel, Jason Brown, uh, the main producer, Mike Osterwitz. Cinematography was John Philippe Gassart. Uh, Gavin Struthers, editor Liana Del Giadice, <laughs> Nick Arthur, Xavier Russell. Uh, some of the cast I know most people probably already know. I mean, obviously, Henry Cable as Geralt, uh, Anya Shalotra, oh, I am so sorry, <laughs> um, as Jennifer, Freya Allen as Siri. Uh, Joey Beatty as Dandelion, uh, Mayana Burring as Tessaya. I am so sorry, everyone. The, the, I, <laughs> I don't know why I'm surprised at myself every time. I really should practice the name. I mean, these aren't really easy names. <laughs> By the no. way you're pronouncing them, I'm glad it's you giving them I, <laughs> I'm trying my hardest. Don't worry, you're doing much much better than I would have. I'm sure I'd have the entire Italian consulate calling me right now, like, you didn't say it today, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, if there's any hate letters for it, send it to Ian, not me. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so those are the facts um, of the project, who wrote it, who, I mean, you know, directed it, who starred in it, um, pretty much the overall manufacturing cast, if you want to call it that. Um, we are going to move into the critical portion of our review. Um, we're going to start with just what we thought about it from a critic standpoint, let you guys know, see if you agree, and if not, please let us know in the comments down below. I'm going to kick this one over to Taryn, being that she has the most widespread knowledge of the project in general out of all three of us. So I'm kind of really interested <laughs> to know what your critical review is, because then I kind of you know want to give ours, see what ours is like compared to that. So please give us your critical review of not only the Witcher Netflix series, first three episodes that you watch, but also the game as well, like how you feel overall the game. We'll take both from you on this one because we don't, I don't know personally. Right. Well, I'll start by saying Geralt of Rivia is one of my absolute favorite characters of all time. Oh, I'm going to stop you right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Is it Geralt? Geralt. I like that. <laughs> it's a hard G. I don't like that. It's, it should be Geralt. I have been calling <laughs> him Geralt the whole time. I like Geralt. <laughs> like Levert. I like it. It's almost like Gerald Levert, but it's Gerald. I like it. Can we call him Gerald? We'll call him Gerald. Yes. I like it. it. Uh, Please, I'm sorry to cut you off. Gerald, continue. It's okay. So he's one of my favorite characters, and they had an amazing amount of source material to work with. Before The Witcher was um, a video game series, it was a book series, and the author is Polish, which would explain why some of the film, I'm sorry, some of the um, the show was shot over. So you have all these books and then all these games, and they tried to squeeze that into a series. And given the amount of material they had to work with, um, critically, it looks stunning. Like if, if you play the game and you look at the environment and you look at the maps and you realize that the, in the game itself, the world is enormous. It's incredibly vast. And this is an open world game, right? Yes, it is an open world game. And the amount of territory that you can cover is um it's incredible it's it's on the scale of um the skyrim the oblivion series from bethesda mm. or oh, it's wow. bigger than that or fallout you know the world is, is bigger than that so you can go anywhere so they had to take all these places and cultures um and try to represent them in a way that would make sense for people who are familiar with the books and the games to people who are not um, mm. turn off like the knowledge that i have about the books and the games but i can imagine like you said that watching it without their prior knowledge might be kind of hard because you have a lot of characters um, who are introduced in a relatively small amount of time now the netflix series is a prequel to what happens in the games which was ah. awesome because i wasn't just watching um quests that i had already completed I was watching um, backstories that I wasn't aware of, like Yennefer, which absolutely blew my mind because the way that Yennefer looks at the end of the third episode is the way that she looks in the games. So when she's initially introduced and she says her name, I'm like, what? You know, so that was a complete shocker. So they managed to um, have familiar elements for people who are already um, aware of the book. I got a question. Yes. How exactly did she look? Because I, I, um, I don't want to mention anything if I've seen it after the fact. Oh, at the end of the, at the, end of the third episode in the Netflix series, um, she um, is slim. She has this long black hair. She has okay, okay. Hair. So she went through her transformation and uh, did her ritual to get to her beauty. Right. But in the okay. game, she just looks like that. So you never see what she looked like before that. In fact, um, I um, but I don't think that that was ever explored in the games at all. So, I mean, it was really interesting that that backstory came into play. Okay. Um, and the way that they represented the characters is extremely close to the game. Like, Jennifer looks just like that in the game. She's always wearing black. Um, she has this long dark hair. She has purple eyes. Um, Geralt says she smells like lilac and gooseberries. When he goes to look for her, that's one of the things um, he gives to people in terms of describing her. The way that Geralt moves in this series is incredibly similar to the way that he moves in the games. And I don't know how they accomplished that, but watching him fight in the show, it's like playing him in the game. And on that note, we are going to be right back after this commercial break. 
Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. It is extremely evident that the people who made this series um, paid attention to the game down to the smallest details. For example, the vials that Gerald pulls out of his pocket, those little potions, they look mm -hmm. exactly like that in the game. The flowers, okay. they look like that in the game. So they have those elements of the character, like you go around and you harvest um, flowers and plants and you turn them into potions. So it has that. Gerald casts different spells and it shows how he does that. So they paid a lot of attention to the game mechanics in terms of representing him on the screen. Uh, likewise, the characters' costumes are remarkably similar. Like Jennifer, again, um, when she's dressed in that all black with the black fur around the collar, that's exactly what she looks like in the game. Um, Geralt's, uh, well, Geralt can change because you're playing asking him to play the game change what he's wearing, but in terms of his base uniform, it's pretty similar. Because it's a prequel, I was thinking about this because um, Geralt looks a little, in the game, is a little more rough around the edges. And in the series, he's missing a few scars. In the game, his hair is stark white. And in the series, it's more gray. But because it takes place um, before, um, he met even Dandelion, for example. I'm guessing that he's a bit younger than it is than he is as he's portrayed in the games. But critically, um, I'm impressed with the level of detail that they paid to how the characters portrayed in the game and how the world is represented and how they both kept some of the really familiar names, like Nilf Guardians, for example, how they kept the names of some of these territories and kingdoms, but also combined them with some that I had not heard before. So. I think what they were aiming for was making the experience both familiar and new to people who had played through the game series um, and also making it is this uh, immersive world experience for people who had not read the books or played the games. Okay. Okay. Um, Shelby, you want to go with your critical? Sure. Um, so before I even started watching this series, um, I actually had a lot of classmates that were talking about how amazing the VFX, the VFX was in the series. So I actually pulled up all the studios that did the VFX uh, for this. So I wanted to give them a quick shout out. So uh, Cinesite, Framestore, NVIZ, One of Us, and Prestige uh, Image did a phenomenal job in this. Like that was the first thing that really caught my eye watching this because I have never played the games before, so I didn't really know what I was getting into. Um, I did have a friend that did play the games, like, kind of tell me, and they watched the series before I did. So they kind of warned me and was like, hey, just so you know, they jump around in the storyline a lot, but so just be weary of that. So I think kind of having, like, that previous knowledge going into it, it made a lot more sense to me. But, like I said, so, I know Henry Cable, for example, I guess he was a huge fan of the game, 
And when he heard they were doing a series, he's like, I need to play this part. <laughs> so just having an actor that's a huge fan of the game, like, put that much, like, passion into, like, Taryn was saying, like, the little movements and nuances of the character, I think just kind of, like, set it over the edge for me. Like, it, like obviously, I'm used to seeing him as, as Superman, so it was really cool seeing him in, like, a different light. And I personally think he did an amazing job. But just, like, the cinematography in this, the VFX set, eh, the VFX, I cannot talk today, <laughs> in this was just absolutely stunning. Because I'm, like, it definitely looked like a high-budget series. Because definitely with a lot of Netflix series, you can see they kind of try and cut corners on stuff like that. I noticed that with the Marvel series. Like, it seemed like they were kind of low on special effects given Marvel Studios' capability. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, like, no, no, no assistance? Like, we're not going to... Yeah. I, I've seen some dope. of the Marvel shows, and I'm just like, oof, they definitely tried to get way too much stuff for a very low budget and right. trying like, to, like there was no daredevil radar sense or nothing else no i mean the glowing iron fist was pretty dope but i thought it was gonna be like you know yeah. like, a little glow light i don't know if you've seen supergirl some of the supergirl episodes i was like oof that is that is really bad like they were trying to have someone do like a full cgi face of someone Oof, and that it was yeah, W. Yeah, like, CW seems like they struggle with this special effects for some reason. Like the studio there, with uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that changes in the very near future because it seems like they got a little bit better in these mm -hmm. uh, other seasons. But I definitely understand why um, those effects were important in The Witcher because you could tell how how clean they were. Like it, mm -hmm. I didn't notice the parts of the movie that were fake from the parts that were real. Like it really startled yeah. me when I was like, "Oh, that's a, that's a big spider monster." <laughs> yeah, I'm like the monsters yeah. look so realistic. I was like, "That's yeah, incredible." It was really, yeah, it was wild. Mm -hmm. um, did you have anything else for your critical? Oh um, no, I think that's about it for my critical. Um. Okay. And for me, I gotta kind of. Well, I'm glad I asked Tara to go first on this because I gotta pretty much uh, echo what she was saying about. Um, the difference between the, the game and the movie and or the correlation between the two that would make you understand what was going on a little bit more, but it's still being kind of new. I got that with this project. Um, and I kind of alluded that earlier when we were um, off camera cutting up. But um, the truth of the matter is I really did feel like even though I had really no idea what was going on, or I felt like I didn't know what was going on. For what it was, it was a damn good, solid project. Like overall, like critically, I got it. I can't say, okay, well, this was you know missing here and this was missing here. Like this was a good damn series. Like it was the acting was on point, um, mostly. Um, the effects were amazing. Um, the dialogue, like the way it was written, it was it felt very authentic for. And even though it was like a made up world, it felt very familiar. Like as if. You know, I've read about this in the history books, or like, I, like I know something about this. It was weird. Like, it, it was, it rang very familiar. It was like almost um, Celtic, almost like it was part of that time period. For some reason, I felt it, and um, it, I, like I correlated immediately with that. So, for them to be, have, you know, that kind of, you know, tangibility as far as what it is and what it's not, and it being make believe, and and we being in the middle, it was awesome. So, um, critically, I got to say, this is a pretty solid project, and it, and it was really hard for me to 
uh, find anything wrong with it, critically speaking. Like, it was the cinematography was amazing. Um, the locations, I didn't know this was in the United States. When you said it was in the United States, I was like, really? Like, I thought you were going to say something like, you know, what, you know, somewhere lush and, uh, you know, paradise or something like that. I thought it was going to be something, you know, the Norway or somewhere. And this is like the U.S. of A. Like, wait, I was, wow, like, that's really awesome that, because it looked good. Like, so it was swampy. And then it looked like, you know, lush fields and hills. And, you know, I felt like I was transported back to that time. Like, it was amazing how, you know, if you just cordon off sections of the earth <laughs> and don't let, you know, then don't see anything around it, you can really, it's almost like a time machine. It's almost like bringing someone back to a time. As long as the costumes and, you know, the speech is there, it's almost like being, you know, you can imagine, like, being a part of that world or whatever and um this project really really hit that home like more so than anything else i was in love with that like i was really involved with just like the goings i just wanted to be a fly on the wall the entire movie like i just wanted to, i was glad to be a part and uh that's kind of awesome that it came across like that so critically i gotta say this is a pretty solid project um getting into our personal reviews now our personal reviews should reflect not only what we think about the project personally but also from a fan's point of view. So kind of look at it from not only your personal as a person um, point of view, but look at it as a fan as well. Like you play these games, this is your jam, you know, talk your shit, talk about what you like, talk about what you love about it, let us know, and um, or what you might not like about it. So I'm going to start our personal review with Shelby and then go to Taryn and finish off with me. So Shelby, your personal review on The Witcher. So and you can do either the game or the Netflix series or both. I don't, so I can't give too much opinion about the game since I have yet to play them. But yeah, I will say, watching the series, I am now wanting to play the game, Agreed. which I thought was really cool. Because I know most people, they're like, "Oh, I've already played it, and now I'm watching this." And I was the other way. I'm like, "I watched this, and now I really want to play the game." But I mean, I was most excited for Henry Cable because I have such a huge crush on him, and I'm just like. Seeing him with the white hair and the bright eyes, I'm like, you, no, you can't do this. <laughs> I'm like, you were already attractive before, and now you're giving me like legless vibes. No, see, this is terrible. Netflix giving my girl Shelby all the eye candies. That's crazy. How, how dare they? <laughs> but I will say, if it wasn't for my friend warning me about like the jumping around, like for. Uh, like, in the time and stuff like that. It, like, even knowing that prior, I still was a little bit confused at some points. Because I was like, wait, which point are they at now? Like, this, was this before? Was this after? Are we in the future? And <laughs> right, 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 right. Like, I would have preferred if it went in, like, chronological order. Or if they were going to do flashbacks and stuff, at least give us a little time lapse or something like that. that Whatever happened to like the fade out screen before the flashback or the wavy screen before, like they, you know, like, even in Scooby-Doo they give you the squiggly lines before our flashback sequence. What is going on? Do they just expect us yeah. to be following? That, that might be a little outdated. I think your age is showing just. <laughs> First of all, Shelby, squiggly lines are for the young and the more seasoned of us, okay? They're squiggly lines. It tells you that something is going to happen. Never mind. Bring back the squiggly lines! <laughs> 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 I'm 
Oh my god. But I do think they needed some sort of, whether it was a transition like Ian wants or like just a little time lapse saying at what point in time it was happening. I think that would have helped, especially for people that have not played the games and stuff before. Because, I mean, going into it, I was like, wait, what's happening? Who is this? <laughs> or even a voice of someone who was there telling that this is them. Yeah, like in the silhouette of the background would have been dope. Like at least yeah. we know that. Like, okay. Wait, didn't I already see this person die? How are they alive now? Like I'm, it, it jumped around a lot, and to me that was a little confusing. I mean, I understand what they were trying to do, but it still confused it confused my mind a little bit. Okay. So I definitely think maybe if they cleaned that up a little bit, it would have been even better. Understood. Tan, your personal view on the project and again you can talk about the video games a little bit if you want to because not a lot of us know but i don't personally know about them. so if you want to give our our video gamers a little tidbit of your personal review of the games just to, you know why you like them why you didn't um and the same for the netflix series we would be grateful for that because you have the most video game knowledge here uh, it's one of my favorite video games it's an amazing game and i have spent countless hours playing it and will probably spend countless more like it's, it's that immersive like this okay. this author built an entire world so you have the elves and the dwarves and then this huge catalog of monsters and the monsters are a part of their everyday existence so if there is a ghost there are people saying ghosts don't exist because everybody knows that they do right. and the role of the witcher the reason why they are so significant is because they are the only ones who can kill these creatures so not just any man can go out and kill uh, a striga or um, a ghost or a bog hag or, or whatever. It has to be a witcher. So they essentially go around. Um, in the game, you see notice boards for people wanting to hire somebody to kill um, a monster in their fields or whatever. And that's how he gets his work. Hmm. Um, so personally... Um, I didn't want to watch the series at first because of Henry Cable. Like, I couldn't see him as Geralt. Nothing against him. Like, I think he's a, he's a great actor. Yes, he Excuse is me, Karen. I thought we agreed that it would be Geralt. <laughs> Did we, we, didn't, we didn't agree on that? Okay, sorry. I thought we, I thought we agreed on it. Sorry. Geralt is um, a larger-than-life character, and I could not see them screw this up, so I did not want to watch it. Um, but I finally did, and I'm actually impressed. And Shelby, you were saying how he was a fan of the game, and it shows. I mean, even down to the voice, his voice is so, so – he does that voice so well that there were certain points I was convinced that they were doing both voiceovers, that it wasn't actually him speaking, that they got the guy who does Gerald's voice in the game and had him speak while Henry Cable just moved his lips. Like, mm -hmm. he does it that well. Um, and – I, I ended up enjoying it much more than I thought I would. Like I said, it's not like a rehash of what happens in the games. It just has all those familiar elements. So, for example, when the Nilf Guardians were first mentioned in the series, I knew immediately they were about to come in and just kill everybody because that's what Nilf Guardians do. They, they rampage. So I knew that. But at the same time, this was a part of the story that I hadn't seen before, which was awesome that they were able to um, combine those two elements. The monsters, it was incredible seeing those um, depicted um, in, in a live action setting. Um, what else? There is, there is the brutality. I'm sorry, I was trying to remember 
one of the things you get in the series in more detail than the games is the goriness of that world. I mean, they live in an extremely brutal time period. It's brutal, it's hostile, there's danger everywhere. And they took the details from the games, like, for example, there are certain parts in the game where you literally have to walk through fields of corpses because mm. there's a war happening and there was a battle, um, or you have to go into this military camp and you see all the soldiers in the tents. Um, the, the bloodiness is there, but it's not really played out. Like you don't really have these extensive cutscenes that show the battles taking place. So they took those details. And it's more of the aftermath. Right, exactly. So, but they took like the actual battles and put them into the series, which was um, in, incredibly done. Mm. So personally, I'm, I'm, I'm loving the fact that they managed to make it both familiar and unknown at the same time. Like I'm so mm. excited watching it, even though um, I'm already extremely familiar with the story. Okay. My personal view is just a little bit different than the ladies. I actually think, like I said, this is an overall solid project. Uh, I enjoyed it throughout. Um, acting was on point. Uh, the writing was beautiful. Um, cinematography, the location, um, everything about the project was solid. My only real issue with this was Henry Cable. I don't know why it was so hard for me to watch him as this guy. And mind you, see, uh, Shelby had the um, added effect of having a crush. Uh, Taryn had the added effect of actually playing the video games beforehand. So both of these ladies have motive to want to like this. Well, actually, well, Taryn, like she said, it was kind of a double-edged sword. She wanted to like it and not like it because she didn't know how, how well Henry Cable was going to do. And then she was you know, pleasantly surprised by how well he did. And also his chin, I imagine. My point being, my point being that um, it was really hard for me, like, and maybe because I didn't know the character in the video games beforehand, but I was like, this can't be, like, <laughs> like this can't be how this guy talks in the video game. Like, why is he so angry all the time? I mean, like, women are throwing themselves at him. People are just handing him money, hand over fist. He's a hero. He carries around a big sword. Like, I don't understand what his problem is like everything is great for him and i mean i get it he's got some tortured past and people have not been very nice to him and i'm sure people picked on him and stole his cookies and you know kindergarten and everything but just like everyone else but at the same time i just felt like he was overdone the way C cable presented that it just felt like wrong like i don't know i just felt like the dude was way over angry and again i don't know the character beforehand or his story so i could be completely off and not even know what i'm talking about and i'm sure you guys let me know in the comments if that is the case but it was just really hard to watch it i mean like john boyega and star wars hard to watch this guy in this role and it wasn't that he acted bad it was just the voice his acting his movements were spot on i love his action scenes like he did really well like, he looked convincing in the sword fights, like I was like, wow, this dude can move. Like I didn't see him move like that as Superman. And I was like, this dude can move around. So I was like, that's kind of awesome. Like I didn't expect that out of him. But um, even that was all awesome. It was just his dialogue. It was just so hard. Was like I had to grip my teeth every time he had like a, especially when it was him and one of the ladies. Like with the men, it was a little different. But for some reason, it was him and the ladies. It just felt like. You know, that face that uh, Quicksilver made in X-Men where the two kids are kissing? <laughs> like, that was my face during those times. 
And um, that was it. Other than that, personally, um, like I said, I actually enjoyed it, and I got to uh, echo Shelby on this one. I'm going to be playing the game um, after seeing the series because not only do I want to know what the hell is going on, but I also really genuinely like the way this was set up. So, um, Can I address what you said? demeanor in the game he's extremely stoic so he's not um, necessarily angry all the time I think that the the opening scene in the series where he's in the bar and people see that he's a witcher and immediately want to fight him and throw him out like that's his typical experience people hate witchers until they need them for something and then after they need them and they serve their purpose then they're these demonic devilish creatures again so like, there are times in the game where you actually walk into a bar and you have to fight. Um, and in terms of his, like, morals, he doesn't kill people unless they are attacking him. So that's why he wouldn't let himself be hired to kill somebody, because he, he doesn't. He kills monsters. For money, he tries to keep his um, principles pretty simple. There were several references in the series to how he was emotionless, and that's not true. He does feel emotion, but he is, he has an incredible amount of control over it. So it's not that he doesn't feel uh, anything, it's that he doesn't let his feelings be known. I saw that. Want them to be known. I saw that, especially when he was with Yennefer. Yeah. I saw how like he was struggling with that portion of exactly his personality that he was like very stoic and able to keep his emotions under control, but he was not able to keep that control around her. And I thought that was really interesting. And I thought she was an awesome character. Anyway, I wanted to honestly, I, and this is just my thing. I actually thought she was a better character than uh, Gerald was. Like, I liked her more. Like, I was more in the, Jennifer, I was like, yo, she's, <laughs> she's, she's out to win it. <laughs> this girl's in it to win it. Like, she was ready to put it all, literally, leave it all on the floor to get to that next spot for real. And that's how she was in it. And I like I like characters like that. She really hit that home for me. And from the fact that she came from um, the beginning she came from, and again, her, you know, uh, being a little deformed and how she was met by, um, I forget the main witch's name. Um, ladies, help me out. The, the lady who came to Yennefer in the beginning and kind of was like, come with me. It begins with a T. Okay. It's like tists of... Tis or something. Okay. I, I mispronounced it in the beginning. So I will draw on a blank. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all have the comments about it. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like um, when she came to get Jennifer um, from her family and from her to come from that kind of beginning to what she became, not just by, you know, the ritual she went through and the beauty that she gained after the fact, but I, I kind of saw that power and that beauty in her while she was going through her training, even while she was deformed, I was like, yeah, she's going to be a problem. She is most definitely going to be, because you saw the determination like in her, even then, even when her body was crippled and the world had thrown her away and she was trying to figure herself out, there was still this kind of like beast inside. And I was like, yeah, she's going to be a monster. She's going to be somebody's real big problem later. And you saw her, well, I'm not going to get into that because we're going to split it up, but he wants it. <laughs> um, but anyway, I love Jennifer. I thought she was awesome. So as part of my personal um, view, Jennifer is a huge part of that. Um, huge part of why I was very interested in the show. And um, Cable's uh, dialogue was the hardest part for me. So that's my personal view. 
Um, now that we have given our personal, our critical, and our overall review of this project, we're going to get into your favorite part. Our favorite part. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Now what we normally like to do during this section of the show is we like to give one good thing, one bad thing, and one ugly thing that we found about the movie. Um, we're going to let our guest and also the lady go first on this one. Because um, me and Shelby, we're not ladies. We don't do that. No. We're more ruffians. You know what I'm saying? So we'll let the ladies go first. That's why I got this. I'm a ruffian. <laughs> I love it. So we're going to let Taryn go first, our guest, and she's going to give you her good, her bad, and her ugly. Taryn? The good is the amount of detail from the game that was put into the series. Mm. Even down to, in, in the series, there were several discussions about choosing the lesser evil and making a choice. And that's probably because in the game, there are times where you have to make a decision and the decision that you make affects the rest of the game. Like there might be something that you have to do later and you can't do it because you made this choice oh, way back wow. then and you didn't know it would have that effect. So it's, it's extremely personalized in that way. It's not just like one main quest that everybody follows. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. I like, see, I like games like, and books like that. I like books like that. Remember the Choose Your Own Adventures? The paperbacks from back in the day where you get to choose your own adventures. Oh, yeah. yes. And it was like these paperback books where if you wanted to pick a way in the story, you had to kind of read ahead certain pages and then you would go from there and you couldn't go back because you had already made... I like that element. It makes you feel like, you know, it just makes you, I, I can imagine playing a game like that. I can imagine how it must make you feel getting ready to do the next thing you're going to do. You got to think it through. So that's awesome. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. So down to, to details like that in terms of the game gameplay. And again, the potions and the flowers, the way that they look, his voice, like they um, paid a lot of attention to how he was represented in the game and tried to mirror that in the actual series. Okay. Um, in terms of the bad, uh, my bad is kind of minor. Um, Tris Marigold's hair is red. Like her hair is actually bright red. And it wasn't. <laughs> I was disappointed. No, no, that's the right kind of bad. This is a, this is, this is Amalga Cats um, slash Amalga Review. This is where you do that. These small little, uh, this is what, uh, me and Sam, <laughs> I remember they changed Bishop's hair to cornrows in a comic book and I went crazy. I was like, it's not the um Al Sharpton no more. It's the it's the cornrows. These are things that matter. Now it was supposed to be bright red. Yeah. Her well damn Netflix change it back. <laughs> it's the most distinguishing feature about her is this red hair that she has. Um but like I said it, it happens before the events of the game so maybe at some point she she dies it. Mm. Um can I give another bad? Yeah, please, if you want. There's no limits on bads, just as long as you give one of each. And, it, and this, this bad is in terms of, like, this is bad, I don't like it, but in terms of the world itself, um, it is extremely, like I said, it's, it's hostile, and I think it represents, um, to some extent, the worst of humanity. Mm. In a lot of countries, like you have the elves who are being um, persecuted, um, the mages who are being persecuted in the game, like mages are literally being burned at the stake. Like it's, it's gotten to that extent. So you have all these different factions who are always warring against each other and always 
persecuting other people. There are times where in the game, you're riding down the road and you see people, bodies hanging from trees and you see the effects of war. Mm. It's like it's taken um, the worst parts of us and put it into um, this, this fictional world, which mm. makes sense given that the author is from Poland and we know what Poland went through. During yeah, the during the war, yeah. Mm. Um, so it, it would make sense that that landscape was that grim. So, like I said, not bad, like I don't like it, but bad in terms of like it, it projects the badness in us. And I think in that regard, it kind of makes us look at ourselves um, okay. and that we are not necessarily like noble creatures. And Gerald, I think, empathizes with the persecuted, which is why he won't allow himself to be used as a pawn to just mm. kill people. He knows what that feels like um, to be driven off of your land or to have people trying to hunt you down and kill you just mm. because you are who you are. Um, the ugly goes back to what Shelby was talking about in terms of the, the timeline. I'm not sure why they represented it like that. Um, there are times in the game where when you play in the game as different characters, you can play as Siri, for example, or you can play as uh, Geralt. Um, and it, it may change place, but it doesn't really skip time like that. So I'm not sure why they did that in the series. And even when you're playing a game and you switch to um, like a different Care. Like it might go back, I don't know, um, series missing and it might go back to when she first got lost and you're playing a series now, but you have that loading screen to let you know <laughs> that um, regardless of whether or not it's in the same time period or not, something different is going to happen um, from what you were just doing. But uh. in the series, it's, um, it, it's not necessarily jarring. It just takes a moment to catch up to who's alive and who's not and who these characters are. Um, so I think that that could have been rendered more smoothly. Uh, maybe if they put like uh, a date, like at the bottom right corner to let you know that you're going back um, or ahead 30 years or whatever. But um, maybe it was just a part of creating that surreal experience, jumping around um, throughout time. Um, and it, it just occurred to me that it might also relate to um, the character Siri, who as you've seen from the first um, three episodes has some sort of power within her and um without i guess giving away too much of a spoiler her power um is related in in some fashion to time so maybe that'll come out more um, and this jumping around in the timeline of the series might actually have something to do with her all right, give us a little something to think about and look forward to. Okay, I see you, I see you. Um, Shelby, you're good, you're bad, and you're ugly, if you will. So, I'm pretty sure everyone already knows what I'm going to say for my good, which is Henry Cable. <laughs> so, hear me out, Ian. Hear me out. All right. So, all right. one of the main reasons he is my good is mainly from the interviews I've seen him in. And I mean, like, in the show, he did his own stunts, which I know a lot of actors don't do. And I know for just one of the scenes where he's in the tub and he is shirtless, just to do that scene, he actually had to dehydrate himself for 48 hours to make himself look more muscular. Because I know a lot of bodybuilders, they dehydrate themselves to accentuate their muscles. So, I mean, just some of, like, the physical things he had to put himself through. And like I said, just 
like listening to him talk about how passionate he is about like being like into video games and he's like a total nerd and just like how super excited he was to play this character and how like much he wanted to like do it justice that just gave me even more appreciate like more appreciation for him it is always awesome to watch celebrities nerd out Mm. Like, just because I know in like a lot of different fashions, like sometimes they'll pick like good actors, but they don't necessarily know the characters. Right. For, like video games and movies and stuff like that. And we're just like, it's not quite there. And so I definitely think picking a nerd actor to play the character, I think definitely kind of like put it over the edge. Mm. So that's definitely the good for me. Okay. The bad, I think, might surprise you, Ian. It's actually okay. Yennefer for me. <laughs> I, I know. She's your favorite. And I'm like, so, I mean, I appreciate, I mean, definitely the struggle she came from. And I know she pretty much was just seeking that power. But at some point, I felt she was kind of bitchy and annoying. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I, I completely I, agree. Oh, she was that bitch. She definitely was. No, I agree. You had an attitude problem. No, no, no. I'm not going to disagree with you at all. You're 100% right. She had a serious attitude problem. Yeah. And I mean, like, I understand it kind of, like, goes with her character, but just a part of me was just like, ooh, I dislike that. I'm like, why yeah. are you talking to my boy like that? <laughs> yes, that is, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. That was the point to her. Like, I could mm. tell clearly that was the point to her. She was, yeah, she was definitely that bitch. So I'm like, it's not really a bad, but I guess she's like that bad bitch. Is what yeah, I'm for real. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, And the ugly for me, I pretty much have to agree with what Theron was saying. It definitely was a weird time lapse and stuff for me. Mm. But now that Taryn said it might have to do with Siri. Like, it kind of has me thinking about it more. But yeah, you got you to gotta, you gotta get the cheers on that one. Yeah, like, ooh. So, so now I'm going to, like, I'm, I'm, like, going to hold off on my ugly. Okay. Until maybe the next season. Until the next one. Okay, so this is a to-be-continued ugly. To-be-continued ugly. All right, cool. I like that. Um, For me, my good, the bad, and the ugly. Um... I gotta say, in all honesty, the good is the overall project. It's damn near flawless. It really is, as as what it is. I mean, compared to some of the greater films and cinema of all the time, maybe not so much. But for it just being a, out of the left field Netflix series that they based off a video game, I've seen a lot worse done. So maybe that's the reason why it's so good to me. Like I've seen some horrible iterations and renditions of video games and um, live action animes and superhero movies where I'm like, and this was actually pretty damn good. So it was like hard to really feel like that about this. So the good is the overall project. Um, the bad, outside of Henry Cable and his um, difficulty to dialogue, to my um, pleasure, was um, honestly, I, I can't really say I have a bad for this one. Like I don't really, even with that, like his movements and how he he did such a great job as the character. Like I get the character, even though I don't get the character. Um, I would have to play the video games in order for like to complete that circle. But 
I kind of got it. And I thought that, you know, this, you know, if this is close to what the video game character is, I'm interested in seeing what that's like, that experience playing as him. So he communicated that correctly. So there's very little I have to say bad about this project. Solid all the way through. Um, my ugly is, of course, my girl, Jennifer. Love her. Love, don't get me wrong. Um, the overall character, and, and she was. She was, and I get where you're coming from with her being annoying and kind of, you know, just a little too much at times, and I agree with that, but I just, she was, came from such real and hard beginnings and then to, you know, risk it all, give it all up. And then the human side of that, because once you make those kind of decisions and you're faced with the fact that you've given that much to get where you are, that fall, that crashing down from that, I thought was just as important as her climb up. Like, it was very, it was real for me. Like, I hurt with her, you know what I mean? Like, I really did feel that pain because I made decisions too where it was too much, too late to look back and, you know, too far, I've gone too far forward to kind of do anything about what was behind me. And, you know, I felt that. She made me feel that for her, like, for real. Like, more so than anything else, right? Her attitude and everything else and her powers and everything. I really did feel that. And I thought that that was amazing that she was able to communicate that. And I was hoping that the rest of whoever was watching it can get that as well. Um, so that is my ugly. Jennifer is the ugly of the, and the great and the good, too. Um, so that does it for our Witcher Amalgam cast. You have the facts. You have all of the points of view. And you have the good, the bad, and ugly. What more do you want? You want us to come over and watch it for you? Fine. Send us your address. We'll come and be over. Make popcorn. We'll do the amalgam cast at your house. I hope you enjoyed this amalgam cast. Thank you, Madam President, for stopping by and giving us the 411 and all of the information. My absolute pleasure. And um, we will see you guys on the next episode of Amalgam Cast.